You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. So welcome to this episode of the Rocks Pile Rockies Report brought to you by rockspile.com. My name is Kevin Henry, one of the co-experts on the site and joined by my friend and fellow co-expert, Noah Yingling. Good morning, Noah. What is going on? Not much. How are you? Hey, I'm good. Uh, back late, late, late last night from uh, covering the four-game series in San Diego. So uh, still blinking my eyes here a little bit, uh, but, uh, you know, it's, it's all good. Yeah, a little bit of jet lag. Yeah, you know, that, that whole, uh, you know, whew, one time zone. They'll get you every time, I tell you. So... <laughs> anyway, uh, hey, let's talk a little bit about that uh, series in San Diego. Uh, you know, the, the Rocks dropped three out of four. Uh, Got to be honest, uh, Herman uh, Marquez once again stepped up on a Sunday uh, to luckily put a put a stop to a slide and stop what would have been the first four-game sweep to the Padres since 1999, which uh, that's a scary thought right there. Yeah, and I mean – especially the first few games of the series it, it wasn't even close because it was 9-3 for the first loss and the second loss was 7-1 um yeah third game of the series a bit closer 8 to 5 and then of course the last game the Rockies won 8 to 3 but i mean what do you see in the score there first two games the Rockies got four runs and the second two games they got 13 yep uh, it's because the offense finally woke up a bit yeah and woke up on a sunday with a uh revised lineup uh no nolan arenado uh charlie hitting in the three hole for the first time all year uh you know so they shook it up but i i will tell you the more that i watch yonder alonzo play the more i think the dude is really a little bit of a spark plug for the rockies i really like what he's bringing to the team yeah and i mean just imagine if the rockies didn't have him it, yeah. because I mean, they signed him a few weeks ago and I mean, I know when I saw it come across, I was like, huh, that's kind of interesting, especially because he really struggled with the White Sox this year. He hit 178 yeah, and had seven homers and 27 RBI in 
67 games. And I remember I, I texted you immediately. I was like, ah, I, I don't know about this. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I get it for depth, but I just thought, you really plan on made, playing him in the major leagues? And, I mean, he's played really well for him. In 18 games with the Rockies, he's hitting 345, 472 on base percentage, three homers, seven RBI. Yeah, and you know, I, I was I was talking to Bud Black in San Diego, and of course, you know, let's not forget Yonder played for four seasons out in San Diego, part of that time under Bud Black, and you know, Buddy was talking about how that his swing has matured as he's become you know. Uh, longer time in the major leagues. And, and that's not really a surprise, but, you know, Buddy was joking about how he wished that he'd had that home run swing back in the day whenever he had with the Padres because he was known very much as a doubles hitter back then. And now he's kind of transformed that swing a little bit into uh, that power stroke. And, and I will tell you that two-run homer when he came off the bench, uh, I believe it was Saturday night, uh, you know, how important that was just to give the Rockies the boost. I know they lost the game, but man, they were heading toward another like low energy loss before Yonder uh, parked that one. Yeah. And I mean, it, it it's shown by the score. Like I said, I mean, eight to five, I mean, it's not terrible as, as it was, especially with the previous four games where, with the two in Houston, 11-6, 14-3, 9-3, 7-1. And, I mean, it just, granted, there was that one game they got six runs, the first game of the Houston series, but they still gave up 11. Yeah. And, I mean, when you're giving up 11, 14, 9, 7, I, you aren't going to win. It's as simple as that. No, and I, and I heard a really interesting statistic. You know, we always joke about Coors Field and, and, you know, there's so much crud that gets thrown at Coors from national media. But yet that stress that you just talked about that was at Houston and San Diego, let's not forget, was the first time that the Rockies had allowed seven or more runs in a club record five straight games. So first time in franchise history that the opponents had put up seven or more in five straight and again, I think that tells you a little bit about the state of the Rockies pitching at the moment. And it's not, sadly, it's not all on the rotation. Sadly, it's not all on the bullpen, but it's very much a mixture. And it takes an effort like Herman had yesterday to remind us, oh, they can hold the, the opponents down and, and actually win again. Yeah. And I mean, overall on the road trip, six games, the Rockies had a team ERA of 863. Eight sixty-three. I mean, uh, and mind you, four of those games are in San Diego. Yeah, you're playing four games in San Diego. So two thirds of the games on the trip are in San Diego, and your team ERA is eight sixty-three. And I know some of you listening to this are going, "Well, Minute Maid Park, and it's a, you know it's a small park, and blah blah." You're right, but Petco, notorious for being a pitcher's park. Did not play that way these last four games. I guarantee you that. So take out the marine layer, take out all those theories, and you know if if we're really talking about that uh, that juiced ball, uh, you know it was a pretty good sign of that just over the last four games sitting there in San Diego watching that unfold. Yeah, and even just the last two games for the Rockies, like I said, the offense finally got going, and um, 
in the last two games, the Rockies' offense, they hit 274, 361, and 479 um, with three homers and 13 RBI. And in the first four games of the road trip, as a team, they hit 261, 301, 396 with five homers and 12 RBI. In the first four games, they averaged 3.2 runs per game. Wow. And then in the last two, they averaged six and a half runs a game. So double the runs, and their average went up 20 points. On base, went up 60 points. So hopefully this is a sign of things to come for the Rockies, and particularly the offense as they return to Coors Field this week. Man, I hope so. And, and I will tell you, um, you know, I, I gave props a minute to go to Yonder Alonso, and you know, you may fall off your chair whenever I say this. I'm going to give props to Ian Desmond right now because I will tell you when when Jonathan Daza fouled that ball off his foot yesterday uh, and finished off an 0 for two a two strikeout performance, they brought in Desmond. And he not only really provided a spark for them at the plate, uh, going two for three with a pair of RBIs, but also had a great catch out in the outfield, a running catch against the left field wall. So, uh, you know, I talked to him after the game, and, and you know, he, he said that he felt like they had good energy all day. But from the press box, I can tell you it seemed like it ramped up a little bit, just him coming in and, and coming through in some clutch moments. Yeah, and I mean, unfortunately for him and for the Rockies, that's been something that we haven't seen a ton um, while he's been wearing a Rockies uniform. So it's nice to finally see a little bit of that finally happening. Yeah, it is. And and props to him, uh, you know, uh, 700th career RBI as well yesterday. So, you know, a really cool milestone for sure. Um, and, you know, you can... Uh, one thing that I did while I was out in San Diego is I talked to a lot of the guys, tried to get some uh, exclusive quotes, just kind of gauge the frustration level that was in the clubhouse. And we just published that article this morning uh, with three interesting quotes that we heard in San Diego. So be sure to check that out. And I think you'll kind of get a sense uh, for some of the things that I felt in the clubhouse over the last few days. Um, you know, and, and I've got to say, let's also give props to Charlie Blackman, you know, uh, the Coors Field creation as we, uh, we like to, to know him as, you know, uh, he had a two five day yesterday, had a really solid trip in, um, uh, you know, solid trip away from Coors Field. Uh, and, and I loved what Patrick Saunders of the Denver Post said on Twitter. He's marching toward a possible batting title. And, and I think that lost in a lot of the, the talk this year uh, with the Rockies and the issues that they're having has been uh, that Chuck's putting together a pretty darn solid year. Yeah, and in the uh, or on the road trip, um, he hit two ninety six, three twenty one on base percentage, but five ninety three slugging percentage, two homers, two RBI, um, two doubles as well. Um, so overall, he had a pretty good trip, and then. Um, if you look since about July, well, actually, if you look at about July 19th, which was the start of the Yankees series where the Rockies went to yep. uh, Yankee Stadium, he's hitting 345, 382, and 583 in 20 games since then. Four homers, six RBI. Yeah, Chuck's leading it, you know, and, and, uh, whenever people were asking yesterday about, you know, Nolan with the day off and Charlie moving down the lineup, you know, and, and Bud was point blank. He said, look, it gives him RBI 
opportunities and we need that right now. And the dude is in all intents and purposes, your hottest hitter at the moment. So absolutely. You've got to give him that chance to get guys on in front of him and actually bring him home. So I'll be curious to see, you know, I'm sure Chuck will be back at the top of the lineup tonight when they're, they're back here in Denver to play the, the Arizona diamondbacks, but it'll be interesting to watch as Bud kind of tinkers with the lineup and bring some of those young guys in the rest of the season. Uh, if he slides down some a little bit again. Yeah, and I mean, with guys like, for example, Jonathan Daza, you might see him up at the top and Blackman hitting third yep. just to see, hey, can does Daza have the tools to lead off or hit second? Same thing with Rymel Tapia. Yep. You might see him up at the top, see more of the uh, speed guys, I should say, um, at the top. And I asked Bud yesterday, I said, you know, does, does Tapia's approach change whenever he gets at the top of the lineup versus hitting lower in the lineup? And he kind of smiled. He said he takes the same swings no matter where he is in the lineup. And, and you know, we, we see that aggressive, those aggressive at-bats who makes Tapia who he is. But, yeah, if he can get on, set the table, bring a little bit of that speed to the top of the lineup, and, and uh, Charlie can bring him home, you know, hey, who knows? Yeah, I mean, that's something, especially with the spot that the Rockies are in currently. We've said it multiple times on the past few podcasts. You've got to plug in the younger guys and see, hey, how does Daza do leading off? How does he do hitting second? And even some of the, um, uh, with uh, September call-ups coming up, might see guy like Josh Fuentes. Hey, how do you do hitting third? Yeah. How do you do hitting cleanup? And just mix and match and see, hey, especially with the schedule that the Rockies have, yeah. when they're playing the Brewers and the Dodgers and see, hey, in these games against these pretty good teams, how how do they fare? You know, and, and we've talked, uh, again, in previous podcasts about the Rockies have been reduced to the spoiler role. I mean, let's let's call a spade a spade here. They have, and that starts tonight against Arizona, a team that I believe is three games back of the wild card, uh, but they're one of seven teams that's fighting for that wild card. And the Rockies are playing the Cardinals that are right in that mix. They've got the Mets uh, that are right in that mix. Uh, you know, the, the Brewers finish up the season. Uh, which could, you know, could make it make for an interesting uh, series there at Coors Field, a little bit of a revenge opportunity for the Rockies, uh, you know. But they, they've got a chance to play spoiler. But what you just said is so important, you know. And we've talked about it, and Bud talked about it in San Diego as well. These young guys are going to get a chance to play because the franchise has to see what Daza can bring, what uh, you know. Peter Lambert, how how much that he ramps up and and his maturation throughout the rest of the season. Uh, You know, there's a lot of young guys that are going to get a lot of time moving forward. And I think it's going to be really interesting to see that balance from the fan base of, yeah, they want to see the young guys play, but obviously they also want to see the Rockies win. And those two may not be synonymous as these guys grow in their careers. Yeah, and that's that's a double-edged sword, but uh, the way the Rockies have played, that's that's what they've yeah. got. Yep, that's where we are. And, you know, and, and again, it starts tonight at Coors Field, three-game series against the Diamondbacks. 
This is one of only two NL West series left for the Rockies at home. They have 21 uh, NL West games left this season. Only six are at Coors Field, three against the, the Diamondbacks tonight, three against the Padres in September. And again, Peter Lambert uh, taking the mound tonight after, you know, as I, I wrote this morning, his worst professional outing. So he's definitely going to have to put that in the past against a, a Diamondbacks team that is kind of sensing, even though they t- traded away Zach Greinke, they've got a shot still at the wild card. Yeah, and the thing with um, the thing with this uh, game, particularly tonight, um, they're going to be facing Merrill Kelly of the Diamondbacks, and he, like Lambert, has not pitched well yeah. recently. His last three starts, he's faced the Orioles, the Marlins, and the Phillies. Okay. In those three starts, he has an ERA of 1067. Oof. Wow. 359 opponent batting average, 388 um, on base percentage, 688 slugging percentage. In the start against the Orioles, he went two and a third, giving up seven runs. In the start against Miami at Miami, he gave up seven runs in six innings. And then the best start of the three was against the best team of the three, the Phillies. And he gave up four <laughs> runs, three earned in six innings. Well, it, it uh, could be a slugfest at Coors Inn tonight. Is that what you're saying, my friend? Yeah. <laughs> with with Coors Field and Rocky's offense is heating up. The Diamondbacks' offense has played a lot better recently. Um, I've, and the two starters, who knows, we might have one of those Father's Day-like games where – it's a 13 to 12 slugfest that takes four and a half Ooh, well, hours. I'll, I'll bring the sleeping bag then. No question about that. So, uh, <laughs> And, hey, just touching on the last two games of the series here real quick. So uh, tomorrow or, yeah, Tuesday, uh, John Gray will take the mound, uh, 10 and 8, 4.06 ERA. And then Kyle Freeland back on the mound on Wednesday in the series finale day game, uh, 3 and 10, 7.06 ERA. But I will tell you, um, Kyle didn't allow a home run in San Diego, and and you know normally that wouldn't be that big a deal, but the way the ball the ball was flying at Petco uh, this during this series, uh, you know I think that that's really an important thing, especially knowing how that he'd given up five homers in his previous two starts before that. So I I thought that was an encouraging sign, and and Bud said that he thought his location was much better. Uh, in San Diego than it was uh, in his previous starts as well. Yeah, and I mean, like I said, current as the Rockies currently are, that you just have to find the little yeah. victories like that with Freeland. Hey, he didn't give up a homer. Maybe he could start building on it and become somewhat of a pitcher that, like he was last year, or even. If you don't see that fully this year, maybe you start seeing some shades of it and then he can build on it for next year and become the pitcher that came in fourth in the Cy Young voting because the Rockies need that. And and that's what I think it's about the rest of the way. I think it's small steps with Kyle Freeland. I think it's small steps with Peter Lambert. You know, I think it's John Gray continuing in his upward swing. Uh, you know, it's Herman shaking off those bad outings that he's had and looking more like the pitcher we saw 
yesterday in San Diego in that amazing game he threw in San Francisco when the Rockies needed him so much. So, you know, those are the little things that we're going to be watching. And and you're right, you know, and, and it sounds weird to say, but those things are sometimes more important than even the score itself at this point in the season. Yeah, and also, too, the Rockies, like I said with Kelly there, uh, he's struggled in his past few starts, but with the remaining two starters in the series, it's not going to exactly be a cakewalk. Um, Zach Gallen is going to be starting game two for the Diamondbacks. He was traded from the Marlins to the Diamondbacks at the trade deadline. Um, so he's only made one start with the Diamondbacks. Um, he went five innings, only gave up one hit, three walks, and no runs to the Phillies. But overall on the season, um, he has an ERA of 240. Yeah. And that's in eight starts with the Marlins and Diamondbacks. 179 opponent batting average. Um, so he's pitched well, but it'll be interesting to see with his first start in Coors Field if that deviates some. But at least with what he's pitched this year, he's been pretty good. And then in the uh, final game of the series, it's going to be Robbie Ray, which, I mean, obviously the Rockies have seen yeah. him before as... In fact, he has faced the Rockies a total of three times this year, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah. And he faced them May 3rd, five and two-thirds innings. He gave up five runs, but only one was earned. And then he faced them May 29th at Coors, four and two-thirds, eight hits, five runs, four earned. Then he faced them at Chase Field on June 20th. Um, oh, actually four times he faced them this year. So June 20th was the third one. Six innings, four hits, three runs. And then July 6th, six innings. Uh, this was at Chase Field again. Six innings, two hits, one run. So he's kind of had a bit of highs and lows with the Rockies this year. But um, overall, he's pitched to a 399 ERA. And since the beginning of July, he's pitched to a 37 ERA. 219 opponent batting average, 277 on base percentage. So he's pitching fairly well right now. Obviously has experience at Coors Field um, and facing the Rockies in general. So I don't think the last two games will be as easy as it should be tonight. But, I mean, obviously we can't predict the results of baseball games because if we did, we would be probably billionaires because nobody else can predict them. So, but it'll be interesting to see with the pitching matchups of how they yeah, it develop. Will. It's going to be it's going to be an interesting series on a lot of levels. We'll be there uh, covering it, bringing you the latest on rockspile.com. Check out the uh, articles I mentioned this morning on the uh, three interesting quotes we heard in San Diego and kind of what uh, we're taking from that. But uh, Noah, as always, thanks for the time, man. Uh, looking forward to seeing uh, what the Rocks do in the series. Yep, and hopefully, like I said, with the offense especially, saw some glimmers of hope in the last two games of the series. Maybe we'll see that continue at Coors against Glimmers of hope are always a good thing, my friend, always. So, anyway, uh, hey, thanks to all of you for listening to this episode of the Rocks Paul Rockies Report. Uh, we always love to hear back from you feedback-wise. Let us know how we're doing. Let us know. Uh, what things you'd like to hear in some upcoming episodes. And uh, we're looking forward to bringing you another episode very soon of the Rocks File 
Rockies Report. We're looking forward to bringing you another episode very soon. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.